If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Today we're reading Chapter 10 of Wings of Fire, The Dark Secret. Starflight clapped his talons over Freightspeaker's mouth mid-shriek. He'll bring the mount down on top of us, he whispered, and she snapped her mouth shut. He glanced down at the two midnight black bodies. Don't worry, these two have been dead for a long time, he he added, probably since the volcano erupted. When he released her, she whispered, how did they die? Starflight lifted the torch again and peered a little closer, although he really didn't want to. A spear lay beside one of the nightlings. But it was an ordinary spear, not the creepy hooked prong kinda kind all the guards carried now. Neither of them wore armor either. Suffocation, I bet, he answered, or starvation, or heat. Although dragons can withstand a fair amount of heat. My guess is that they were guarding the treasure when the treasure when the eruption happened and they were trapped here. Nobody could find them until the lava cooled enough to make the tunnel we crawled through, and by then it was too late. Fatesbigger shook herself from horn to tail. How incredibly awful. Starflight turned to look around the room, which, as he predicted, was otherwise empty. Their shelves lined all the walls, reaching up to the ceiling, and large urns stood in the two back corners. He could imagine that they had once been filled to the brim with gold and jewels. He caught himself thinking, a giant urn full of gold and jewels would be kind of cool to have. Which was a, which was ridiculous. Just his dragon instinct to, instincts talking. What would he do with that much gold? Unless it could get him back to his friends or stop the war, it would be useless to him. Something went bing at the back of his mind. But before he could figure it out, Fate Speaker said, "Maybe we should go." I think I think so. Starfight said, "I don't know how much air I don't know how much air is down here." But I don't want to find out by running out of it. Yikes, she said, her eyes widening. That's all you had to say. She turned and scooted out of the room faster than he'd ever seen her move before. He took a step to follow her, and the torch light flashed on something small and bright in one of the corpse's talons. Starflight hesitated. A piece of treasure that was left behind? Something they missed because who would want to search a corpse? Well, not him, not particularly. But he felt as if it was calling to him, as if it had been waiting for him these eleven years, hiding away from everyone else who came along until the right dragon arrived. Now you sound like Sunny and with her faith, faith in fate and destiny and signs and magic. So if taking the lost jewel was what she'd want him to do, he braced himself, reached down, and plucked it from the dead guard's hand. Rough dead scales scraped against his, and he shut it so badly he nearly, he nearly dropped the gemstone. But instead, he gripped it harder and jumped back, knocking against the shells behind him. The claws were left clutching the air, as the claws were left clutching the air, as if hanging on to the memory of the treasure would have to be enough. Now, Starfight felt fairly sick, but when he held up the torch and glanced down, he realized he'd done the right thing. The blue star-shaped sapphire glittered in his talons with a tiny inner spark of its own light. He'd only ever read about these. These were supposedly th- there were supposedly three of them in the world, all lost, 
all created hundreds of years ago by Samming Animus Dragon, a dream visitor. He closed his claws around it. With this, he could see his friends again. Starfly, Fatespeaker called. Coming, he said. He couldn't risk anyone finding the dream visitor, visitor and talk, taking it from him. Not even Fatespeaker could know about it. He put it in his mouth, tucked tucked down between his teeth and his scales, and pressed his tongue over it. On the way back to the dormitory, Fatespeaker asked him why he was so quiet, but he just shook his head and mumbled that he was tired. She shrugged and headed off to her own bed once they were back inside. Starfight pulled out the rough blanket he'd been given and arranged it so he could huddle underneath it. The heavy brown fabric caught on his horns and smelled like smoke, but it would keep him hidden from any eyes that might still be awake. He kept the dream visitor in his towns and stared at it, trying to remember if he read anything about how they worked. Perhaps I should I just think of the dragon whose dreams I want to visit? Surely Sunny would be asleep right now in the middle of the night. If he remembered right, he should be able to step into whatever she was already dreaming about. And if she were in the deepest levels of dream sleep, she'd see him and they could talk to each other. But if her sleep was shallow or uneasy, he might not be able to see in. But she wouldn't know he was really there, and if she were awake, it wouldn't work at all, of course. He closed his eyes and pictured Sunny, her laugh that made everyone else laugh too, her flares of temper that vanished as quickly as they came, her small claws and fierce protective face, her scales that like rippled sunshine, the way she looked like no other dragon in Peria. If she were here, she knew exactly what to say about his father. She'd tell him what to do. What she told, she'd tell him what to tell the Nightwings about Glory and how to talk them out of hurting Raymonds forever. But no matter how hard he concentrated, his mind stayed firmly in the Nightwing dormitory instead of finding her dreams. Maybe she was awake. Maybe she was in the rainforest somewhere, looking at the moons and wondering if he was looking at them too. He tried Glory next, then Clay, then Tsunami. Nothing happened. He couldn't reach any of them. Starfight squeezed the dream visitor between his claws, grinding his teeth. This had to work, unless it wasn't really a dream visitor, but it certainly looked like one. Try Rainwing. They're always asleep. The first Rainwing who came to mind was King Kaju, the little dragon that Glory had rescued from the Nightwings. Starfight focused on her enormous dark eyes and quick-changing scales. He pressed the dream visitor to his forehead, praying that this would work. And suddenly, he was perched on the branch in the rainforest. Starflight took a deep, relieved breath, and he still inhaled the smoke of the dormitory. He could see the rainforest, but he couldn't smell it, unfortunately for him. Kinkaju was curled on a giant leaf beside him, with her eyes closed. There was a bandage with soft leaves and moss wrapped around one of her wings, and piles of red and yellow and purple fruits all around her, like offerings to a statue. Her scales were a strangely pale shade of blue in the moonlight, and she breathed shallowly, shallowly even, and as if even in her, in her sleep, she knew a deeper breath would make something hurt. What happened to you? Starflight wondered aloud, but she didn't wake up. He turned to find another dragon staring right through him. For a startled, terrifying moment, Starflight thought the dragon dragon see him, but then he realized she was just watching King Aju. She was old, older than any of the guardians or the queens he met so far. But she looked she had that royal royal elegance about her that he noticed greatness lacked. Starflight turned back to King Aju, 
How could he get inside her dreams? He looked down at the dream visitor and remembered pressing it to his own forehead. Carefully, he leaned over and rested the sapphire between Starfleet's eyes. The first time he tried, he nearly fell right through her, since he wasn't really there. He couldn't touch her or anything around her, but when he tried a second time holding the dream visitor where he thought it should go, he felt a thumb thrum of energy radiate from King Kaiju through the jewel to him and back, and then he saw what she saw. In King Kaiju's dream, she was staying in a bright sunlit and she was, in King Kaiju's dream, she was staying in a bright sunlit. She was standing in a bright sunlit in a wide green bowl laced with brightly colored flowers, surrounded by thousands of rain wings. More rain wings than there could possibly be in the whole continent, all of them staring at her with their expressions of disdain that Starfight had never seen in a real life on, this, on a ra any rain wing. Glory was there in the center of the bowl, but this glory was impossibly big and impossibly beautiful, and a crown of orange hibiscus, hibiscus gold chain and rubies sparkling atop of her head. That's how Kinkajou sees her, Starfight thought. This glory smiled more, too. At least a Kinkajou. A crown, he thought suddenly. Does that mean glory won? Is she now queen of the Rainwings? Or is this a wistful dream? Kinkajou backed away from the stairs of the dragons until she reached the far edge of the bowl. Suddenly she turned and leapt off, spreading her wings. But instead of soaring away through the trees, she fell, plummeting like a coconut toward the ground below her. Her wings flapped helplessly, and when she twisted to look at them, giant holes appeared over her wings, spreading as though acid were eating them away. Kinkaju screamed and clawed at the air. Kinkaju so screamed and clawed at the air. Starflight watched helplessly from above as the greenery swallowed her up. It's just a dream, he told himself, but his, heart, his, heart, his racing heart didn't believe him. Just a dream, nothing you could do. She didn't even see you here. He wouldn't be able to reach her in a dream like this where her emotions were so strong. It was really strange to be in someone else's nightmare, so different from the ones he'd almost had every night. His own anxiety dreams usually involved a Nightwing Queen telling him that Dragonettes, who weren't telepathic, were not welcome in the tribe. The dreamscape around him shuddered and suddenly went dark. She's waking up. Starfight dug his talents into the tree branch below him, even though he couldn't see it now, and he also knew he wasn't really there. Or rather, and he also knew it wasn't really there. Or rather, he wasn't really there. It, he wanted to hold on to the rainforest as long as he could. He didn't want to go back to the gloomy Nightwing dormitory. dormitory. Stay asleep, he thought desperately. Please see me. I need to send a message to my friend. Now he could see faint outlines of shapes in the darkness, as if it were very early morning and the sun was rising far away. In front of him, King Kaju was curled on the leaf again, still asleep but twitching restlessly. A silvery shaft of moonlight lit up the expression of her pained face. She snapped out of the nightmare, of the nightmare into a shallow sleep with no dreams, where she was half aware of everything around her without being fully awake. He could be here, but she she wouldn't she wouldn't see him not now another nightmare said a quiet voice behind him starfight whirled around his heart leaping into his throat sunny the salmon was just landing on the branch beside the queen lee rainwing her golden wings folded in and she flipped her tail over her back towns the way she always did a moment later a giant a glint of blue scales appeared through the trees beyond sunny 
Tsunami, flapping down to land next to her. I think so, said the older queen. I wasn't sure whether to wake her up. How is the queen? Mad, Sunny said. Super mad. I keep telling her there's no way Starfly went to the night wings on his own. But she convinced he betrayed us. Shock rippled through Starfight wings. It hadn't occurred to him that his friends would think he'd left them on purpose. The queen? Does she mean Glory? Glory thinks I betrayed them? Then he remembered telling the Nightwing's council that Raymonds were planning to attack, and his scales felt hot with shame. It may have been a tough day, but he hadn't done anything to help his friends since he got here. He hadn't tried to escape. He hadn't even argued with Mars here or tried to stop the Nightwings. Maybe he really didn't belong in this prophecy. Maybe Fate Speaker was, better, a better, was the better dragon to save the world. Starflight, Tsunami snorted. Of all dragons, like he'd ever betray us. Can you actually imagine how it could have happened? First, making a decision. Not exactly Starflight's strong suit. Then, actually doing something instead of sitting and waiting for it to happen to him. And, it, and not just anything. Jumping into a dark hole with angry dragons on the other side. Starflight. Are you kidding me? Starflight. Oh my gosh, stop it, Sunny said. You've been arguing with Glory all day. You don't have to convince me that Starflight wouldn't do, wouldn't do something like this. She hopped down to Kingfisher's side, nearly passing right through Starflight. He shivered and leaned toward her. He could almost imagine he felt the warmth of her scales as she went by. You don't think he chose to go to the Night Wing, to the Night Kingdom? Asked the dragon. Starflight didn't know. Sunny looked up at the two moons that were visible through the canopy, then back down at King Gaju. If he went, then I'm sure it was for good reason. But if he didn't choose to go, then he needs our help. Right, Tsunami? Isn't that the important thing? Shouldn't we go to get him right now before something terrible happens to him? She bent to examine the bandage on King Gaju's wing on King Gaju's wings. Yes, Starfight thought frantically. Please hurry. If it were if it were to me, the four of us would be there now, tearing the place apart, Tsunami ground, instead of wasting our time here. Combat training didn't go well, asked the other dragon. Tsunami lashed her tail so hard she nearly fell off the branch. General, may I have a nap? General, I need a papaya. General, my claws are getting tired. General, look at that butterfly. Somebody is getting stabbed in the face if you don't shut up. Sunny smothered a giggle. When does the queen want to attack? The older dragon bared her teeth as though she was ready to go right now. Oh, look, Stunny interrupted, touching her front talons slightly to King Gaju's head. She's waking up. No. Starflight saw King Gaju's eyes flutter. He reached out, holding the dream visitor, trying to send her back into the dream, dream sleep. But it was too late. With a wrenching sideways jolt, the rainforest and King Gaju and Tsunami and Sunny was ripped away, and Starfight found himself lying on the cold stone once again. The thick canvas lay heavily on his horns, and the dim red light of the coals pulsed beyond it, making his eyes ache. Sunny had been right there, inches from him, so close, and yet she might as well have been on the other. She might have been on one of the moons. He stared down at the dream visor that glowed faintly in his talons. Seeing them, seeing them had somehow been even worse than not seeing them. My friends think I betrayed them, and if they don't, they think it's because I'm too much of a coward to do something like that. He closed his eyes, feeling lonelier, lonelier than he had ever felt in his life.